I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mark Noble says farewell. Liverpool win at Wembley and Lasagna Gate strikes again. Welcome along to the Football Ramble. It's Monday the 16th of May. I'm Jules Creek. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Vidushina Hunter-Raja. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a brand new week. It's the last week of the Premier League season. It's myself, Vish and Andy. I feel like we're in a good Monday mood today, aren't we? Yeah, I noticed that your mood or your tone of voice is so infectious. I actually shouted my name in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> because afterwards, oh, music's really quiet, isn't it? Oh, no, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> How was your weekend, Vish? My weekend was, I was actually pretty dry. I was just working. Oh, you're, that, you're just really happy to see me and Andy today then? Because you seem yeah, well, like a Well, I saw Pablo. You brought Pablo yeah, in. Pablo's hey. here, guys. It's the first time I met here. Pablo. Yeah. And, then, and you were like, look, he's really sick to be wearing him. <laughs> no, he's fine. He's recovered from his little tummy bug that he had over the weekend. And I brought him into work with me and he is far more popular than me. And that's yeah, well, fine. He's, he's I'm okay very with that. Healthy looking. I mean he was eating like what like, looked like a dog Nando's <laughs> beforehand, <laughs> wasn't he? At nine AM <laughs> after having his breakfast. How did he get ill? Was he just like licking the surfaces of your house? <laughs> what are you trying to say about my house? A very clean house, thank you very much. Well. I blame the doggies he hangs out with. One of them must have given it to him, surely. Bad influence. Maybe. What are they getting up to? Been out on the lash. <laughs> <laughs> Bit like me the whole of last week. <laughs> I think I was more drunk than sober. It's good. It's a good time. I've recovered as well, by the way. I am sober right now. Well, we'll be the judge of that. (laughs) Um, But what weekend of football, by the way. So Saturday, we had the FA Cup final at Wembley. Glorious day in London as well. Sun was shining. I went into London, um, not for the game. I didn't get a ticket, unfortunately. Uh, But the streets were full of Chelsea and Liverpool fans. It was quite quite a party atmosphere, I would say. Good. Yeah, I mean, they both know their way to Wembley, don't they? They've been there enough that yes. I suppose they probably just think, you know what, it's been, we've, it's been a couple of months since we've been there. Let's go down and, you know, Liverpool have a good time and Chelsea don't. Was it, was it the most pyrotastic <laughs> cup final for a while? I thought, I'm not a big fireworks fan. I think they're largely bollocks, especially during the day. But yeah, I it's, thought not, that, it's not got the same effect during the day, does it? No, but I thought that celebrate, you know, the what they did before kickoff was was quite good. I mm. thought was, I liked it. I thought it was quite funny that they booed Prince William as well. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I thought they I thought they did that well. Yeah. Well, you can't have Aston Villa fans taking tickets off Liverpool good and point. Chelsea fans, can good you? Point, I, yeah. I, I think that was the point. Yeah. The um, 
so, so Chelsea have lost how many um, how well, many let, finals now? Yeah, Three FA Cup finals in a row. Let's recap yeah. what happened for everyone, shall we? Because it was it was another draw. They seem to like draws, Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, and it went to penalties. Um, Liverpool winning on penalties six five, but it was quite a good nil nil, wasn't it? It was quite an entertaining game. I thought. I thought it was fairly even. No. Yeah. You're not I, sure. No. No. Yeah. I, I definitely thought so as well. I, I think like I think most of the nil nils have been quite entertaining. Mm. Um, and I think the I, I, I was actually quite impressed with Chelsea, especially at the start of the second half, where they seemed to take the game off Liverpool. Because we always know with Liverpool that they can just turn it on and teams find it very hard to live with them. But I thought Chelsea did well in the first half to actually stick in there. Because you, you know, they could easily be caught adrift yeah. and go into yeah. half-time and think, right, they're, just gonna, they're eventually going to get us. Well, I, I, I actually thought Chelsea could have got something out of that. But they, they, they could. I mean... <laughs> I think it was interesting. Thomas Tuchel at the end, when he was saying, I thought we deserved to win it. I kind of wondered if he was thinking, well, intellectually, was it even enough for me to say that and people not just to completely mm. tear me out yeah, over, yeah. over it? Not that I, I suspect he particularly cares for anyone's reaction, but I did think you're right. That bit at the beginning of the second half where we thought, well, I thought if we have... 20 good minutes here and we can capitalise on it. Maybe this is our moment because they're always going to be bits with Liverpool. Even Liverpool kind of struggling to hold it together as they are at the moment where yeah. you're just going to get run over. And that those bits really were at the beginning of normal time and probably for the last 20, 25 minutes as well. Those were the bits where Chelsea did quite well to hang on, I thought. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I, I, I think the, the funny thing about I, well, the game in general, I thought, is Liverpool kept missing chances. And and maybe it's because we've seen them at Wembley before and we've seen this team, you know, do brilliant things. But you always think they're gonna, it's going to work out for them in the end. And maybe Liverpool fans don't feel that way, but it's it's quite annoying as a, as a fan of Manchester United watching that and thinking... <laughs> We lose it. Like, not we wouldn't play like that, obviously. But if we had that, if we were missing those chances, we'd lose this game. Yeah. And they just keep churning out chance after chance after chance. It's almost like they know something is around the corner. Yeah. Even though obviously there wasn't because it went to penalties. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know what? When Robertson came, I mean, it was one of those games actually that you mentioned all of the things that were happening for Liverpool. So Salah comes off injured. Van Dijk comes off. When Robertson came off, I thought, what's going on here? Mm. He got cramp, apparently. Um, so Simicast comes on and I was thinking, oh, just before this is going to go to penalties. And Robertson comes off, who's one of their key players. Obviously, he's a fullback, so, but he probably would have taken a pen, would you say? Maybe He might have taken the pen that Simicast yeah, took. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But in Simicast, they've now got a bit of a, an unlikely hero. A new Origi. A new, a new Divock. How exciting. There's something to be said of like. <laughs> you sounded enthusiastic. Yeah. There, I know, right? <laughs> there is something to be said for how good a squad are at lifting the floor of the, of the squad, as it were. Like mm. you know, the, the weaker players, the fringe players, that someone like that can come in and t- and take a penalty. Yeah, you take know, it, was, that it, penalty? Was, it was actually his first ever career penalty as well. It's absurd. Yeah. yeah, and he scores it at Wembley to win them the FA Cup. Did For you the see first this? Time in 16 it was years. it was funny as well. Like keeping your nerve, as as you were saying, the, the bit where I th- I think it would have been difficult to keep the nerve is when Mane misses his penalty because at that point I would have bet any amount you would have put in front of me that Mane's scoring that. Mm. Yeah. I, I was I was absolutely blown over. Not that Mendy's not a great goalkeeper and of course knows him particularly well from international level. You could have knocked me down with a feather when he saved that. Mm. I was absolutely stunned. The other penalty I was really impressed with Mason was... Mason No. Poor Mason. He's <laughs> lost six Wembley finals. I feel really Wembley bad finals. for him. I do feel really bad mm. for so him. He, so he's lost... In, in the last eight, nine months alone, he's lost the FA Cup the League Cup and the Euro 2020 final. Well, when you mentioned about um, how many defeats it's been for Chelsea at Wembley, that was their fifth defeat on the bounce at Wembley. <sighs> but you see, this used to be Klopp, didn't it? Yeah. Losing, yeah, yeah. losing, yeah. losing yeah. finals left, right and centre. You've got to get there in the first place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just it's just a bit of blow of losing, I suppose. And, but, and sorry, the yeah, fact but, that they've been so close as well. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, the, the penalty I, I was was impressed with was Ziyech because there was a huge delay when that flare came on. Yes. And I thought, just leave it. It's not even there. Just leave it on that side of the pitch. And also, I actually hate left-footed penalties. I don't like them at all. Go on. I don't know why. I just always feel, well, look at Mares. He missed his. And Tim Vickery's on, on, yeah, on, on that train as well. I always find it awkward. Well. I just, I don't know. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't, 
Uh, for some reason, I just think a right-footed penalty, you can go either way, but with a left, for some reason, you, you can't, even though it. you obviously can. This is, this is exactly... Do you what, agree? This, I don't agree, but this is exactly, oh, okay. what, this is exactly <laughs> what Tim Vickery thinks, word for word. That's oh, exa- really? That's exactly what no way. he thinks. I think it's because only 10% of us are left-footed. We can't imagine... Are you left-footed? The dexterity, no. Oh. But I could take a penalty with either foot. Uh, so, sorry, I could take a penalty equally well with either <laughs> foot. Is, is possibly the the, the better. Maybe way it's because it. I'm so I'm so one-handed. Like I cannot do anything with the left side of my body. Well, you know the people like, taking left foot. With my left. You know the people taking left foot footed pens are left footed. I know. I know. I know They're not on a wind below, You know what? Genuinely, <laughs> there is no theory behind it. But for some reason, if a, if a left-footed player steps up to take a penalty, I'm less confident than if it's a right-footed player. That's all I can say. I don't know why, but it's just how I feel. Do you know, uh, so on the FA Cup theme as well, and, you know, just because you mentioned it there, uh, on a Brighton theme, Bobby Zamora. Oh, thanks. Bobby Zamora used to take pens right-footed. Yeah. Uh, and then in the FA Cup final against Liverpool, you know, when Gerrard scores that banger at the uh-huh. end when he's playing for West Ham. Yes. Um, he takes it left-footed. Did he really? And there was a, there's a really great video. I think Budweiser did a video where there were, I think Steve Sidwell was there talking to him about it. And he was like, he was like I remember watching that game and thinking, what are you doing? Why, why are you taking it with your left foot? And he was like... I just took, I've, you know, in in the week, I was just scoring them all. So he just decided to. That's nuts. Play the other way. Oh, yeah, man, I don't really Dembele, it. basically. Yeah, or Abafemi Martin. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've played each other so many times and they've had two penalty shootouts in the last two months. I wondered if it would be a, a bit sleeker. And I think, yeah, I, you know, Liverpool having completely new penalty, penalty takers was fascinating. But yeah, he, everyone felt true. pretty confident, didn't they? Yeah, and, and the celebrations at the end were amazing for Liverpool. I mean, Wembley looked incredible. It, it just looked like an, an absolute hoot. Um, and you had the Greek scouser, Simakas, on the shoulders of... Who's, whose shoulders was he on? I can't remember now. I think but I he thought was, he was like he was on like the stunt double clop. Yeah, he was sort of like <laughs> flailing his arms around like he was at a festival. It was wonderful. And Jürgen Klopp's bright white teeth I mean we've seen a lot of those teeth lately haven't we because he's constantly smiling right now that's two trophies two cup finals as we head into the final week of the season where you never know what might happen it is still all to play for so Liverpool have got Southampton tomorrow night in the Premier League if they win that game it is going right down to the last game of the season. And that is because it finished West Ham 2, Manchester City 2, City drop points. We'll come on to that in a sec. Uh, but also, just just finally on, on the FA Cup, it was also the Women's FA Cup yesterday and Chelsea have won again. They defended their FA Cup title uh, again. And it was, a, it was a great match against Manchester City. They had to go to extra time to win it. Um, and our girls were there. Flo and Rachel from Upfront recorded a special at the match episode right from Wembley. That's going to be out on Tuesday on Football Ramble Presents. So if you want to hear all about that, then make sure you check it out up front. Um, Right, let's get to the London Stadium then, because yesterday, this was one hell of a game, Vish. I mean, to all the final score, West Ham were 2-0 up at half-time, and somehow Manchester City managed to still get a point out of this, but they could have won it. I told you about the Mares penalty, left-footed, stepped up, <laughs> and it was saved by Fabianski. It was an amazing penalty save as well. Not not the best penalty, but actually, I think the save was better than what everyone's making out. Actually, um, great game. What a game! Couldn't take my eyes off it. The um, the sight of Guardiola when Bowen scores that second, and he's he's standing, and because the because of the way the dugout and you know the ground at the, Lon- the London Stadium is set out. He looks so alone, and the rain's just falling <laughs> on his little bald head. And it's there was, it was something like it was like something out of the Notebook. You know the scene in the Notebook where they kind of it was nothing like the Notebook. Yeah, but if he was on his own without Rachel McAdams <laughs> or Gosling, just Guardiola. Imagine if it was just Guardiola and football as the Notebook, just writing writing, <laughs> writing about their time together. I, I know this is the girliest thing to say, but that is the best film ever. I mean, it's not, but it fair enough. It is such yeah. a good film. It's, cry, it's really not. I cry every time, even though I know exactly what happens. Do they die in the end? Shut up. Can you not go there, please? The they, they spoilers do, for they? the listeners. If you're not If you've not seen the Notebook already, you've, you've, you know, you're missing out. I, I said I haven't watched it, but they die at the end, don't you they? You haven't watched it? No, I don't So why that. are you saying it's not the best film ever? Watch it. No, because it's probably not. It's not E.T., is it? The only people that say it isn't the best one ever are the people that haven't watched it. <laughs> Fine, I'll do that. But yeah, it reminded it reminded me of a film I hadn't seen. <laughs> seen Isla there, but I but the way they came out of the blocks the second half yeah. was frightening. Yeah, it was scary. It was that thing of like, why have we angered them? David Moyes at the end was so funny. He was like 
pretty happy with the point. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they were frightening. He actually said they were frightening second half. But they were. They were they were absolutely immense. But they were their defending was frightening in the first half. Because <laughs> yeah, right. if if you'd have they defended like they'd never seen West Ham play before. Now I understand that they're going to be defensive difficulties with the amount of defenders that they have lost. But but you've got to be better organized than that. Mm. I, I just and obviously, even after they got back to 2-1, there was that Fernandinho, that like weird back pass where it, it seemed like he didn't know where he was. Like he was really confused all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm not sure if the back pass was the worst or the Antonio finish was the worst. Yeah, oh, that was it. That, yeah, that, that, that was, I think, Liverpool's Premier League title then and there. Really? Because I, I still, do, I, do I still think, think he... City will hold it together. But I thought that Antonio moment... That was it. Should he have shot or should he have crossed the ball? I think he should. I, I, I think I don't think he was wrong for shooting, but, but he should get it on target. Yeah, he because yeah. he got it trapped under his feet and then tried to dink it. And then when you do that, you put a bit of like he, sh- he shot like a, it, he you? shot like a man who doesn't score much anymore. Mm. Yes, really. Yeah, I, I think I think that is really the issue there. I think a couple of months ago he he scores that quite comfortably, but. Yeah. You know what you were saying about that was being Liverpool's title. I mean, we all expect them to make up the goal difference against Southampton, right? <laughs> <This week. laughs> Nine goals incoming. Yeah, but all could be it could be Palace all over again, couldn't it? Yeah. And well, they tried to do that, and yeah. then um, yeah, they got their comeuppance. But Jared Bowen oh, yesterday was Jared the Bowen. difference. Even the chance for his hat trick when he um, had that he's, shot deflected. He's just so good. I mean, he's the he's only the second West Ham player ever to get double figures for goals and assists in a single season. Wow. Um, and look, he's he's just been amazing this season for them. Marcus Speller is um, leading the way in terms of the campaign to get Jared Bowen on the plane to Qatar. <laughs> After we all made him do it on the, yeah. <laughs> on the WhatsApp group. Look, I, he, he, has to, he has to be in the England squad. Uh, he's so versatile. He's so fit. How can he still be yeah. playing like that at this point in the season? Right, after Andy, the season West Ham, <laughs> after the season West Ham, he's no Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who that is? Yeah, he's in that terrible film. Isn't his, he? Eyes, <laughs> his eyes are quite close together. Well, I don't at, think Ryan Gosling is as, end, as everyone he? thinks. Are you mad? No, I'm not mad. I, I don't. Overrated, Gosling. Overrated. Overrated. Yeah. I silenced you both. Unlike Jared wow. Bowen, he wasn't particularly good at Rochdale either. <laughs> yeah. No, Jared Bowen. I mean, what I mean. Are you getting him confused? Are you getting Ryan Gosling confused confused with Dan Gosling? No, I'm not. Because <laughs> he might be a bit overrated. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just I think that he's hyped up too much in terms of look. He didn't return a DM, did Brilliant. he? Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Is this it? Brilliant this actor happens. in my favourite film. Brilliant actor. What La La Land? In... <laughs> but no, I don't don't think he's as good looking as Tom Hardy or other good looking men. Okay, so you're about to name like three people there who are like objectively very attractive as well. That doesn't mean Ryan Gosling is not attractive. I didn't say he's not attractive. I just said he's overrated. So you, so he's your Europa Conference League fellow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, leave the conference out. Brighton might be in it next season. And I'll be buzzing if we are. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. What, what a season that Jared Bowen's had. And as you say, Andy... Get him on that plane. Get him on that plane. He's a bit different to who who England yeah, what have. Else, what outside. does he offer that's different? Well, he's a bit he's a bit more direct. He scores goals. When you think of the people out wide, like I mean, he played against one of them yesterday in Jack Grealish. Like, you know, Grealish is a good carrier of the ball, and I was quite pleased he got his goal. But he, he's not really someone you can rely mm. on for goals. And mm. um, the other thing I think about Bowen, which might potentially work well with Harry Kane, is the fact that you know Kane for England now drops back. And Bowen always makes that run through the middle as he did twice yesterday. But that has been a mainstay of his game throughout this. He's not just out on the right, cutting and banging it with his left foot. He yeah. has a bit more awareness of, of where space is across that front three. Yeah, And he's it, very useful in a non-possession heavy scenario like you might come up against in the back end of a major tournament. That's, really yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good, good point. point. Yeah. Good point. Well, at that point for West Ham, despite going 2-0 ahead, I mean, the way Manchester City played and the fact that they had that penalty so late on in the game... To go on and win it, the fact that um, West Ham came away with a point means that they sit in the Europa Conference place at the moment. But they're only two points behind Manchester United heading into the final games of the season for both of them. Nervous, Fish? Would you, do you want conference or do you want Europa League football next year? I don't know. I just it's a new of, trophy. 
It's a new trophy. Yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah, you can add it. Yeah, yeah. You're more yeah. likely to win the conference. <laughs> if you don't get out of the group stage, or if you don't, you know, do well in the second half, or in the first half of the conference, is there another tournament we can drop into? As, as you know, I shy away from big predictions, <laughs> mainly because they always go spectacularly wrong. <laughs> but uh, it would be impossible for Manchester United not to get out of the group stage of the Europa League. Yeah, true. But the the thing Impossible. I'm the thing I'm I'm genuinely more focused on is whether we finish with um negative goal difference. Mm. Yeah. It's plus one right what? now. <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> like you never know. You're playing Palace, you never know. Exactly. Did did you um did you hear that Eric Ten Hag has given up a Caribbean holiday? Now hang on. <laughs> has opted out of a club promotional trip. To the Caribbean. Are you saying it wouldn't yeah. have been relaxing? Well, with Ajax? Like like with him, you've got a take a number of hats and he's... stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> think, <you know. laughs> well, he's he's decided not to go because he thinks the job at Man United is that it's he needs to do that much work. He's 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 going early. He's you going know to Manchester early Vish. You know when Big someone problems to solve. You know when someone does something and like and it could be someone you like, but when they do something and you look at them a little differently. For example, if you went to Pizza Express and someone you're with bought that pizza where it's got the hole in the middle so it's healthier. Do you know oh, what, who the does one that? I, mean? I know, yeah, exactly. Who goes to Pizza Express? <laughs> I was young. Um, <laughs> I do like pizza with an egg on, though, which some people frown upon, but they are good. Yeah, I know, but, yeah, but you still, like but well. you, yeah. you still got the, you still yeah, got the yeah, base yeah. in the middle, the don't full, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. It's all about the base. I, ju- I judge someone. <laughs> I judge someone for for going a holiday to the Caribbean, any holiday actually, to come to Manchester United. It doesn't make any sense. As it like come early to Manchester United, you've got time off. Use your time off. Manchester or the Caribbean? Yeah, exactly. Also, like turning up old. Yeah. (laughs) Also, it's going to be the worst time of your life, mate. Enjoy your life now while you can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I tell you what, there were some wonderful scenes at the London Stadium yesterday before the match, um, later on in the game, and also at the full time whistle for Mark Noble, who came on and made his 549th appearance for West Ham. I mean, what a wonderful, amazing servant he's been for the club. And everything you hear from anyone who knows him, and obviously I've followed West Ham so closely this season, everyone who I've worked with um, and everyone at the club just cannot say enough good things about him. 18 years at West Ham and... Yeah, it was his last home game. He was in floods of tears. They did a guard of honour at the full-time whistle and brought him back out onto the pitch and did some interviews. And I just loved the quote he said about his family being there in the stadium. And he said, I mean, 60,000 of you. And like, oh, just it just choked me up a bit. Mm. It's just, it was a wonderful send-off, wasn't it? Yeah, nice. And um, I, f- I think for it to be such a exciting season for West Ham, it has felt a lot of the time since they've... Because he's he's old West Ham, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. that sort of timeless cigarette card type of footballer that you could imagine playing for West Ham in any era, really. You know, going back to the sixties or seventies, he's he's wonderfully timeless, Mark Noble, and it always made me feel quite sad that he'd wind it up not at Upton Park. But this really has been the first season where West Ham have felt like they've really been in union with the London Stadium. Now, I know some West Ham fans will never get over leaving Upton Park and I absolutely understand that. But when it was originally sold to them on, oh, we're going to have big European nights here and all that sort of stuff and then that went to shit pretty quickly and Mm. it created quite a toxic atmosphere at the club. They seem to have got past that at last to a a large extent and as you say, those big European nights which he's been able to be a part of Mm. will will live a long time in the memory and uh, that's really great for him, I think. Yeah, the other thing as well is that, you know, during those rough times for West Ham over the last few years, he was the constant that held it all yeah. together. Yeah. And there's a certain, I don't know if irony is the right word, but a kind of gleeful sadness at his retirement because he's basically come at a time where the team have got to a stage where he doesn't start yeah. regularly because yeah. he was able to hold it together when <laughs> he had to start week in, week out and be the person who actually showed some leadership on the field. And now they're at a stage where they're, they're kind of moving past him, mm. and that's because of him. Holding it together is a really good point, actually, because remember when the fans were like properly mutinous, mm. he never backed off that. Yeah. He always moved towards the fans. He always said, I feel it like you do. Mm. He listened to them. He had an interest in actually having dialogue with them, which is something that 
not a lot of modern footballers are particularly good at, to be honest. You know, he is really special in that way. It's not just what he is as a player, it's what he is as a as a person, like really connecting with the fans. And I think that's something that's extremely precious nowadays. Yeah. And I think, if anything, it's actually the perfect timing for him to hang up his boots because, as you've both mentioned, it's kind of gone full circle. He's been there with the club through its rough times and he talks about those rough times a lot whenever he's interviewed but then he's also been there for the last two years where it has just been magnificent West Ham have never had back-to-back top seven finishes in the Premier League and they've done it this season and you know when we were following the Europa League campaign we'd asked him you know what will you do if West Ham actually get Champions League football that's obviously not going to happen now but he said it's fine like I'm, I'm, I'm out now like this is my time to go I've seen the club get back to this point where we can experience these special nights at the club. And so for him to do it on his own terms, um, I think is is the perfect send-off for him. And and what a game as well for him to have his last game at the London mm. Stadium as well. It was just brilliant. Um, and uh, as always, he's a bit of a character as well in, in his post-match interview. Uh, he did say, I'll be lying on the beach next year while Craig Dawson will be marking Erling Haaland. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's got the right idea. Straight for the beach. You see, nice <laughs> ten hog stuff. Um, the other thing, you, the other thing, very quickly to say about, I suppose, to sum up exactly what you've said there um, about Noble is that professional sports people always come in and are told whenever they're representing a country or a team to to leave the club, the cap, the whatever, in a better place. And he has absolutely yeah. done that, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. From sweeping the dressing room still on his on his last home game yesterday, and and actually, this is the season where we've seen a lot of the youth players at West Ham come through. They'll have learnt so much just by by watching him and the way he is uh, around the club, let alone on the pitch as well. Um, and Declan Rice is one of those players who's you know followed in in. Mark Noble's footsteps on the pitch and also in the dressing room as well as a leader. And also he absolutely rinsed his nephew post-match on the pitch. Did you see him? He slide tackled his own nephew. (laughs) (laughs) What a guy. I love him. (laughs) Amazing stuff. Um, Right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue recapping what was a mad weekend in the Premier League. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Tarkovsky stayed forward to head it back, headed out by White, headed back by Tarkovsky. Like head tennis at the head minute. Head tennis here, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I 
love it, Neil Lennon. Um, it's Jules Vish and the Brass here with you this Monday. Uh, before we get to your emails, let's see how we got on in Betway's four to score. Entry to Betway's four to score is free each week. Just pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches and you could be winning the weekly 50 grand jackpot and make sure those selections are submitted before the first game terms and conditions apply. And the first game was that bonkers game at the London Stadium. West Ham against Man City and Marcus picked Phil Foden, but it was... Another Englishman, it was Jared Bowen on the score sheet first. Game two was Leeds against the mighty Seagulls. Jim picked Lewis Dunk, which actually wouldn't have been a bad shout because Leeds are very poor from set pieces. But the result was that guy Welbs, Danny Welbeck. Um, the Wolves-Norwich game was our third choice. And Pete Donaldson picked Tamu Puki. The result was Tamu Puki. It's a very un-Pete pick, that. <laughs> Picking someone who might actually score. <laughs> <laughs> Everton Brentford was our final match. Luke picked Richarlison. Initially, it was actually given to Richarlison, mm. and then DCL went and sort of claimed it as his goal, which we'll come on to in a minute. Um, so the result is officially Dominic Calvert Lewin. Unlucky Luke. Um, we'll be back with another round of four to score on the preview show this Friday. For now, it's time for this. Uh, and also, Leicester travel to Randers. I saw um. Or how do you say it? Ron, Ron Mills. Ron, Ron Mills. 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 Ron that's going to haunt me. I will buy versions of that. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Can we put that on Spotify? Before? I've never heard that before. I've not heard that, that before. That sounded like a cover of a Nancy Sinatra <laughs> song. Actually. Yeah. I I, there, there was a little bit of like Lucky Lee or Bjork <laughs> yeah, to that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You uh, sound like you're ordering in the Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. You can't get a table now, can you? Um, the email yeah, from smash, Sam. smash too many ashtrays. <laughs> <laughs> Email from Sam, who's been in touch before on Northern Irish football. Just wanted to bring to everyone's attention some of the goings-on we've had here in Northern Ireland. First of all, Linfield clinched the league on the last day of the season to win a world record 56th league title. That's mad. Then the Crusaders won the Irish Cup after equalising in the last minute of normal time and then a winner in the last minute of extra time. Then, in the lower divisions, we had Belfast Celtic having 42 points taken off them due to playing an ineligible player. I wonder if this is another world record. Then finally, on Friday, we had Lan coming back from two down to beat, to beat Glentoran in the European playoff, with the fourth goal coming from about 80 yards out. We aren't the most well-known football pyramid in the world, but I don't think there are many more exciting. <laughs> I would second that, because they, I feel like the Northern Irish football always has a contender for the Pushcast Award every year. Yeah, that's true. They always pull out some kind of banger. That's so true. I'm not, I'm not surprised by all this excitement. I mean, there, there was there was a classic this weekend in the second tier in, in Germany, the Bundesliga Zwei. Schalke clinched the championship and Rodrigo Salazar, who plays for Schalke, scored from 58 metres uh, at Nuremberg. But it was the most sticking perfect... To the, sticking to the local measurement, like it. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the most perfect long-range goal you've ever seen. Like, it rippled down yes. the back of the net. The keeper yeah. wasn't even that far off his line. Because he said last week, Salazar, he scored the goal that got them promotion. And he's quite a lively character. He said he would have tattooed on his back him celebrating the goal against St. Pauli, him, uh, where, where he scored that winner. Um, so I don't know if he's like, you know... Alan Partridge, stalker style, going to have mm -hmm. this goal put on his chest, perhaps as well. Busy yeah. summer, anyway. Yeah, like what <laughs> if what if he goes into like something better? Like I've never like I had a mate of mine who tattooed his girlfriend's name on his arm. Oh no, we were like eighteen. I was like, what are you doing? Did he they like, break up? Yeah, of course they did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just mad. Yeah, Robbie Savage. I'm pretty sure he's got a picture of his actual wife on, like his, not just the name, the face. Right. Yeah. So does that mean if he if they break up and I'm sure they won't, but would he have to go out with someone who looks like his wife? <laughs> Fuck's sake! Um, I don't know. No, you just cover it, wouldn't you? Um, right. Get your emails into us show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. And we have got an episode of Pep Talks coming up on Wednesday. So if you've got any dilemmas, you need some help with something. Send those in to us and we'll do our best to give you some help. Let's get back. Oh, we moved into being tattoo fixers as well. Oh, yeah, we are <laughs> yeah. by the sounds of it. Um, let's get back to the weekend's football and focus on 
the bottom of the table where Everton lost at home to Brentford by three goals to two. I mean, the relegation battle is alive and kicking. Why? We love it. Why was this game so chaotic? And I'm more annoyed. Two sendings off for Everton. They were down to nine men. I was there. I, I was there at Vicarage Road where they played this shit house game of nil nil. <laughs> and I was like, right, they're just gonna, they're just basically gonna take it to the corner for the rest of the season. And then they turn up. And Lampard even said, Lampard even said on Wednesday that. The the best thing about playing playing at Goodison was the fans. They've got a really measured way of playing. They are calm. They're going to create this incredible atmosphere, and they'll kind of carry them through it. And then they do this. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did they did start really well. I mean, I know, I know that doesn't yeah, they, necessarily they, they, they get did, points. Fair, yeah. I, I think the thing is the way everything went wrong. And you know, I've no sympathy for um, fans and. Especially managers and can we clip that? I have no sympathy for fans. <laughs> <laughs> you turn up when we tell you to. <laughs> I've no sympathy for people complaining about match officials. I think they were a little unlucky. The the uh, the Branthwaite sending off. Or... Yeah, well, it, sh- it should have been a penalty yeah. at, at the other end. I also oh, well, okay. yes. I also yeah, yeah. think at the end of the first half, I can't work out for the Richarlison penalty why Mads Beck Sorensen doesn't get the second yellow. And I, okay. I think those are, those are two decisions which, I mean, make it super difficult for for Everton. I'm not saying it's necessarily the reason that they went on to to do what they did, but it it, it makes a huge difference to the to the game. Yeah. And I've I, like I said, I've no time for a, a head coach or manager standing there pissing and complaining about that sort of thing. But God, they were really unlucky. I think what it does put into perspective though is that the game that we shall never mention again in Hertfordshire. <laughs> in, in in midweek, it's like the Scottish play, isn't it? Yeah, it, I, th- their attitude to that absolutely baffled me. Go there and batter. I, I'm sorry to say, it, even though the table doesn't quite say it, the worst team in the division. Yes, yeah. go there and batter them. They're totally crap at home. And all this talk afterwards of it's a good point. What are you talking about? Mm. Yeah, like like the worst team in the division are there for the talking, there for the taking. You've got to go there and hammer them, and that's what they're paying for here. Yeah, unlucky as they have been in this situation. I yeah, and I think yeah. they they kind of got away with it because you know Lee's lost in midweek, so it felt a bit like, well, yeah. okay, well, you know, this is yeah. going about this the right way. Um, but yeah, like even Lee's last, sorry, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but even Lee's last minute equaliser suddenly throws what they did in midweek, you know, into focus here because I, I thought they actually, you know, even with the, you know, down to ten men, I thought they acquitted themselves quite well. It's just Brentford are the kind of team that. When they get a bit of extra space and when Ericsson can dictate a bit more, oh, they're playing like unplayable. A prince. Yeah, oh, Brentford has been unbelievable. I mean, since since Christian Ericsson's first start in March for the Bees, only Man City, Liverpool, and Spurs have actually picked up more points. They've picked up twenty two points in that time. That can goes to your, show what he's done. Can I ask you a question, Jules? Yes, where you where can. where would you like to see him play apart from Brighton next season? <laughs> Who, Christian Ericsson? Yeah. Well, I don't. I'd actually like to see him stay at Brentford, if I'm honest, because right. I think um, he's obviously got a good thing going there. There's also not the same sort of pressure on him that I think he would get if, say, he went back to Tottenham or if he went to Manchester United, who he's also sort of been linked with. So I would, I'd quite like to see him stay at Brentford. I think he's obviously got that lovely Danish connection going on with mm. a few of the other players and the manager. Um, and look, he seems happy. He seems yeah. happy mm. and he's playing with freedom and... And I think, you know, and the points say it all and, and you can see it from from their form that he has made a massive difference. I think Brentford are, are a great club to have in the Premier League. If I was writing for a tabloid and making articles out of podcasts, <laughs> I would say BT Sport Pundit <laughs> advises Ericsson to turn back on Newcastle Millions. Ah, <laughs> love it. There you go. That would be my it. headline. I said it. It feels like... It, it feels like he has everything he needs because he's even he's back in the Danish squad, isn't he? And yeah. that was one of his yeah. ambitions, you know, when he signed for Brentford was to make the World Cup at the end of the year. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, why upset any of that? Why why try and, you know, fit into a new system? This is tailor-made for you for the it's, next six it's, months. It's kind of overlooked feeling, isn't it? That feeling of thinking, God, I'm the best player in this team. Yeah, I bet that's nice. Be nice. And being happy. Be nice, but yeah. I wonder if, yeah. it, but I wonder, given what happened to him last summer, if he's more attuned to that now. I think yeah, maybe. Di- it must give maybe. you a completely different perspective on life. Obviously, none of us will know, but I, I think looking at him and looking at the way he's playing in that Brentford team, you you kind of imagine that that's the case. Um, and I don't know. I think I think especially at that stage of a career, and obviously we know he's still, you know, he's not anywhere near the retirement age. 
But there comes a point where your family and, and being happy makes a massive difference. And after everything that happened last year, I imagine that he, he'll just he'll want that, won't he? Yeah. So yeah, um, um, we do have to touch on something that um was reported after the game as well at Goodison Park. Um, Rico Henry and Ivan Tony tweeted that some of their family members were racially abused. Now, um, Merseyside Police are investigating this. This is obviously something that we don't want to hear about, and and um, just just shit to hear that this is happening, Vish, isn't it? Yeah, and I thought it was interesting the players really came out and and talked about it on social media because I think that that kind of stuff's important because I'm not in t- I think Everton were made aware of it because mm. I think they they ended up replying to one of Ivan Tony's tweet but I think the club could have made a complaint through the official channels as it were. Yeah. Um and obviously Rico Henry and Ivan Tony were angered enough to do something to you know mention it on social media. Um, especially when it happens to your family as well, not that it, you know it changes anything in any way but yeah. I think a lot of those players in when they get, all, get any kind of abuse would rather you abuse them mm-hmm. than their family and it must have been mm. incredibly terrifying as well. Yeah. For those for those family members. Yeah. So it is being investigated by Merseyside police. Um but as you say um good on the players for highlighting it on social media and bringing the attention to it because that's what needs to happen when these incidents do happen. Um back to the football and Leeds well they got a vital vital last minute point against the mighty seagulls who basically battered them for the majority of the game and then thought actually should we liven up this relegation battle how about you have an equaliser lads have one of them have one of them go on all go mad go celebrate in the corner Pascal Stroik where was, where was, where was this analysis on school yesterday I know yeah is this, the, this is like your therapy isn't it like, say what's on your mind yeah I wasn't able to say some of the things I wanted to say on air yesterday to be fair like, I mean they deserved that equaliser because they were pushing and pushing and pushing for a goal. Um, and it was wonderful, wonderful little trickery from Gelhart to get the ball over Lewis Dunk. And if, basically... you, if you want, I can ask Vish about this because you were really ratty I mean, about that early. It's like, oh, it wasn't that good in the shush, was it? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, didn't know that Dunkey was on the floor, did it? <laughs> then you smashed the bottle and held it to my neck. <laughs> We played well. We've played very well and we've ended the season brilliantly and I just think it's funny that we're going to finish above Leeds after um, what they said about Ben White earlier. So anyways, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. At least you don't hold a grudge. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, 92nd minute equaliser for for Leeds and it it really has kept, kept this relegation battle alive. Could it be a point that keeps Leeds up or do you think that I, it could. I'm worried like, for Burnley on, now. I'm worried for Burnley. On, honestly, this this point could be enough. Like they could actually go to Brentford, get beaten, and stay <laughs> up. You know, we're talking about surviving through the incompetence of others. Yeah, and they've got no if, players. Leeds, like if, if they, Leeds get there, that yeah. will be it. I yeah. think. Yeah, there was a point in the second half as well where because Leeds played quite poorly, Vish. Um, well, I mean, Brighton were just quite good as we have been for these last few games. Do you remember the four 0 against Man United? <laughs> So I'd mention I, that. I, I knew that was coming and I couldn't do anything about <laughs> Sorry, it. Sorry, let's move on. Um, yeah, there was a point in the second half where the Leeds fans had actually, it felt like they turned a little bit. And oh, they had. Yeah, they, was, they yeah. started singing Marcelo Bielsa's name. Um, Jesse Marsh's response to that post-match was that he didn't hear it. Sometimes you choose to block out the things you don't want to hear. What, is that Gandhi? He... Gandhi said that, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it. Yeah, yeah. What is he? What is he meant to do though? I mean, yeah, I mean, he, what's he, he meant is, to say? Yeah, he I heard, been... yeah, I heard it, and we equalised. So fuck you all. That's what <laughs> yeah, you yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I, I'd love that. Though. And you know who said that? Jesse Motherfucking Marsh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'd love if he said that. That'd be so much better, wouldn't it? I think he should really lean into like you know people just. Absurdly taking the piss out of the fact that he's American, basically. Honestly, but I think you should, I think you should I want... go Foghorn Leghorn and be like, I was glad with the point we got today. <laughs> <laughs> or what's his chops from House of Cards? Yeah, th- this is why I want Leeds to stay up because the the to amount prove people of, wrong. Well, the amount of anti-American sentiment on the back of. I don't know. Have you met them? This <laughs> says the man who's travelling to the USA tomorrow. Be careful; they'll probably be listening and won't let you in. Is I, I think it's it's just absurd. It has been an almost impossible job. They they had to do something. I mean, really, if they'd have appointed him in the summer, that would have I think made a lot of sense. Yeah, but the fact that they had to accelerate it, I mean, it was hard for Bielsa. It's super hard for for Marsh. It's given him a, a really difficult job to do. Mm. But the fact is, if Bielsa had remained in charge, th- th- they'd be relegated anyway already. Yeah. 
I, I think, because they're on such a downward spiral. He's had so many different things to to, to fix in, in this team. It's no wonder that it's chaotic. And like Jules said, look at the squad. Yeah, it's, it's so weak. No you, you've looked at the bench all season and yeah, we know they've had injuries, but you know, they've got no contingency plan for that at all. Now that of course is part of the Bielsa magic. The fact that mm-hmm. he, yeah. you know, made these players who you didn't necessarily look at and think were Premier League players. He made them, he made them better. You know, mm-hmm. he, he unlocked parts of them that they didn't really know were were there. But I think to, to, to lay it all on Marsh is ridiculous really yeah. yeah and you know what that point has actually taken them out of the relegation zone Burnley drop in after they lost to Tottenham it was a Harry Kane penalty Ashley Barnes handball which I know some people are a little bit annoyed about but I mean it does strike his arm I'm not sure it's what the else he's meant to do exactly yeah. it's the exactly. rule be, be um, angry with the rule but yeah. I, don't, I don't think you can be yeah. angry with the decision yeah absolutely Um, so Tottenham winning that game puts them in the top four ahead of Arsenal playing Newcastle tonight at St James's Park it's a must win game for Arsenal that one's going to be tasty indeed and I our, shall be there are you going where are you going I, I <gasps> strongly suspect Arsenal are going to shoot themselves in the foot oh just, you said you weren't going to do predictions and you've done it, Brassel. You fucked it for everyone. I'll tell you what, we'll leave it to the guys tomorrow to talk a bit about the top four race because we might know a little bit more after tonight's result. Um, but for Burnley, that defeat um, was probably even, even worse for Mike Jackson because he actually got to the game and Sean Dyche's name was on the team sheet. Not him. Not Mike Jackson. <laughs> Poor bloke. I mean, he's like, guys, I've been here. Have you not seen the work I've done? I've been getting them points. I got them out of the relegation zone. And you put Sean Dyche's name back on the team sheet. Out of order. Like, you know, um, Roy Hodgson. Yeah, we're going to mention it. You know, Roy Hodgson saying those things about Edwards, about not recognising No, him. yeah. Do you think Mike Jackson has to go up, had to go up to Conte and be like, by the way, I'm... I'm um, the manager. Yeah, Conte's just shaking <laughs> someone else's hand. <laughs> really, really? No, I'm Ben Mee. What are you doing? Uh, well, actually, did you hear, um, hear that um, Antonio Conte said that there had been a number of key players struck down with a stomach bug last week, including Kulusevski, who obviously started on the bench, and Hugo Lloris as well. It's, it's lasagna gate all over again, guys. You'd rather it happen before the penultimate game than before the final. Actually, no, if you're playing Norwich, you could probably play it ill. True. Yeah. That is true. You'd be, you'd be Ma- all right. Maybe... You could probably put a lasagna on left wing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Pablo's been hanging out with the Spurs squad because he had a tummy bug last week too. <laughs> Poor Pabs, he's been eating the the Spurs lasagna. Do you like it's, it's absurd that um I know like we're we're going back to that, but the idea that players would be like, oh, I love a bit of lasagna before, <laughs> before a big game. I love lasagna. I made a big lasagna last week actually. I know, but you didn't play a Premier League football game the next day. Yeah, it's, What's it's wrong a, with lasagna before football? It's a bit heavy, it's isn't it? Heavy, isn't it? If, you, if it's not heavy, you're not making it right. Um, guys, we've got the um the playoffs for the Premier League. The Championship playoffs continue. Um. It was one all between Huddersfield and Luton on Friday night. Um, Huddersfield scored first, Luton equalised, while Nottingham Forest were leading Sheffield United 2-0 at Bramall Lane on Saturday and got pegged back 2-1. There was a late goal scored by Sheffield United. So it's all to play for. Luton go to Huddersfield tonight. Um, I mean, what a story for Luton. If they manage to get to the playoff finals and somehow manage to get to the Premier League, it'd be incredible. The the amount of work the stadium needs to be Premier League ready as well it's not gonna be ready in time basically but they're, they're gonna be given a bit of a pass to, to do it has there been a team that's been gone from the top flight relegated out of the league and then gone back into the league and all the way back up to the top flight again i'm can't not sure be. i don't it think so be. no i mean it would be a remarkable story it would i'd like you say the stadium's been the same yeah. <laughs> from the beginning it's like all 10, the way 000. to now Ten thousand is the capacity i'm sure it's something like that it's not much. Did, did you but see the atmosphere like... on Friday? What's that? Did you see the atmosphere on Friday? Oh, amazing! It was Absolutely out of this amazing. world, yeah. and it was it was that old school thing of like it feels like people are falling onto the pitch because <laughs> yeah. they're that close. And yeah, yeah, that was an incredible game. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, it'd be pretty jokes. The idea that like Erling Haaland is going to be in their changing room. Like the away dressing room. You know, it's, it's mad. It's Would he even be able to fit in the door? Yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> well, actually, you say that. My um, my best friend's husband is a huge Luton fan. He's followed them his entire Literally, life. Literally, or? Yeah, he actually is huge. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, he's about six foot four, <laughs> funny enough. Does he and, fit in the stadium? Yeah. Well, he was showing me photos because he was there Friday night and, and we all went for lunch on Saturday and he was showing me photos and the away stand in order to get into it. I don't know if you've ever seen photos of it, but there are terraced houses 
and the turnstiles are in between terraced yeah. houses and the terrace, there's flats that go over the top of the turnstiles and then you go up the stairs, you go over a bridge and you can see into people's gardens. That is how the away fans get into Kenilworth Road. It's remarkable. Yeah, I've, I've been in that way quite a yeah, few yeah. times. And Do you know what I mean then? Yeah, even, even if you're... Even if you're tall, once you're in there, you can't see much. There's, there's <laughs> the a crown made for me. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot, lot, lot of posts. <laughs> right. Well, right. I mean, what a story it would be. And, and amazing for Nathan Jones after the work he's done. Um, came from Brighton. Did you, go, did you guys know that? He was a coach at Brighton before he went to Luton. Oh, right. Yeah, he's got a great story. I'm sure we'll save that for another day, especially if they do make it up. Um, and of course, Nottingham Forest. I mean, they've had a, a, an amazing turnaround under Steve Cooper. Um, Brennan Johnson scored for Forrest 19 years after his dad scored in both legs of the playoffs against the same opposition. I mean, that's Sheffield incredible, United. right? That's another insane story. I, lo- I love the championship. Well, the, what, love what, whatever happens with Forrest, and I, I think there are a lot of neutrals. We, we talk about neutrals a lot when there are no neutrals, <laughs> don't we? I, I, I think there, there are a lot of people who would love to see I love the romance of Nottingham Forest going back into the yeah. the, the, the Premier League. You made it. You made a compelling case for Luton there, but um, Brennan Johnson will be playing in the Premier League whatever next season. Yeah, yeah. whether whether they go up or not. You by can, hook or by crook, he's there. What a player. The thing is, when it gets to this point of the season, Andy, in the playoffs, you can almost make a case for any of them because the work Carlos Corberon's done at Huddersfield as well is amazing, yeah. you know, after working under Bielsa for so many years and all that stuff. I mean, there's you can make a case for any of them. Um, so, yeah, exciting stuff, an exciting week of football. Enjoy St. James's Park tonight, Brassel. That'll be fun. And, Vish, this is your last ramble for the season. You're going off on your holidays. I am, indeed, yeah. Your, um, your performances on the ramble this season have been marginally better the Manchester United in the Premier League. Marginally better. Marginally, yeah. I haven't you shit did... myself on the show, have I? <laughs> you didn't that's that's this the was... only way it would have been worse. <laughs> also, I didn't realise this was going to turn into a parents' evening. <laughs> and your review. Must try harder, yeah. <laughs> well, have a good time. Shall I, your... shall I pat my back? Yeah, you've closed your laptop. <laughs> yeah. Time to go. Don't let him go yet. Make him make his case for a pay rise. Shall we? Uh, all right, that's all for us today. Um, have a good week, guys. See you tomorrow. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.